on ESPN 1000 in the ESPN Chicago app. Super Bowl 58 this weekend. Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers face off in Las Vegas. And it's day two of soup for a week. Abdallah and his quest to eat soup each and every night here on the program. Later on tonight, he uh, will try some soup. Day two. <laughs> it's actually soup I've never had before. Well, I'm that's excited. the point of the bit. No? I'm excited by it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, it is. But, like, I've had lobster. Like, yesterday was a lobster bisque from Luke's Lobster. Oh, so a style of soup you've never yes, had before. Yes, I've never had Got this it. style of soup before. Like, okay. I've had lobster bisque before. I've had tortilla soup before. Um, but I've never had this kind of soup before. Okay. And uh, so what were we saying? Around 7.30, you'll yeah. have some soup tonight? 7.30, 7.35-ish, yeah. Day two, super week. Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. We'll also talk to Aaron Schatz from FTN Fantasy. He's also the creator of DVOA. We'll talk to him in about 15 minutes from right now. We'll get his preview of the Super Bowl, and we'll talk to him about the Chicago Bears. He called it before the season. He told us the Bears' offense was not going to be good because mm-hmm. Justin Fields takes too many sacks. Uh, but their defense turned it around in what? They ended the season in DVOA as the 11th best team in the NFL? Yeah, weighted DVOA had them 11th, and uh, it was all because of their defense. So we'll talk to Aaron Schatz coming up in about 15 minutes here on ESPN 1000. I want you to do this, Abdal. Uh, we've talked a lot about Caleb Williams, the Chicago Bears, the number one pick, what to do with Justin Fields. Uh, I've created a list of destinations that I think the Bears should trade Justin Fields to, and I want you to tell me why I'm wrong. Okay. Okay. So I've I've got three teams, uh, and I also have a bonus team. Ooh, Ooh a bonus team. Sexy bonus. Uh, three teams. I want you to tell me why these trades are not going to work for the Bears trading Justin Fields to a new location if they choose to go with Caleb Williams with the number one pick. Okay. Team number one. The Atlanta Falcons. I, I think that they make the most sense, and they're a team that actually could get this done, and this would, this to me is the best situation. Why am I wrong? You're wrong because they have a high pick, and while uh, he may not have performed well at the Senior Bowl, I still think Bo Nix or J.J. McCarthy are going to go, or both, are going to go in the first round. And this still comes down to having to pay Justin Fields in two years. Or you take Bo Nix at eight, or you take some, you hope someone maybe falls in the second round because you have that eighth pick in the second round too, and you take a quarterback. They're too high in the draft is my reason for you. Interesting. The eighth too pick, high. too high to make a trade for Justin Fields, mm-hmm. which means Abdal thinks that there's really good quarterback play. Uh, in the rookie class, and therefore, teams won't be desperate. Now, this is a tough exercise to come up with Mm -hmm. because when you look around the NFL, how many teams can you name that don't have a quarterback, that haven't paid a quarterback recently, and will not be taking a quarterback with one of the first couple picks? There are almost zero teams. Yeah. You know, like a team that pops into mind before I get to the other two teams, the Raiders pop into mind. They still have Jimmy Garoppolo under contract for two more seasons. Mm-hmm. They just pay Garoppolo and yep. they have Aiden O'Connell. So like the Raiders, I think, would make a lot of sense until you realize that they paid Garoppolo and he's there like he's the starter. So it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. There are very few teams 
that don't have a quarterback, that aren't in prime draft position, and they didn't just pay a quarterback. Yeah. Very few teams. And, and Atlanta is the first one on my list. Number two, the New England Patriots. Tell me why the Patriots won't trade for Justin Fields. The New England Patriots won't trade for Justin Fields because Jaden Daniels will be a New England Patriot. Okay, so you're, you're assuming that 100%, the first three picks off the board will be quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Yes, absolutely. In the off chance that that's not the case, say one of the three kind of drops in this whole process. Mm-hmm. Jaden Daniels, Drake May, I doubt it's going to be Caleb Williams. One of those two guys yeah. drops in the interview process, drops in the combine, mm-hmm. drops at the pro day. Mm-hmm. And we get to a spot where they're projected to be around seven or eight or maybe lower. They're maybe they're in the class with Bo Nix. They're not going to be as good as we thought they would be. Okay. Is it possible? Because New England, they're, they're on the record. Um, I believe that they were saying that they're expected to spend a lot of money in free agency. Yeah. They want to win. Yeah. Uh, new head coach. The whole thing. Is it possible that New England, like, I think Justin Fields would actually fit with the Patriots because he's an upgrade. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of like a stopgap guy at this point, mm-hmm. unless he proves it to, to the world that his next destination, that he's an elite quarterback. That's why I have the Patriots as a possible. Could Fields be better than Jaden Daniels or Drake May if that's where the situation finds Could be itself? right away. Could be. Uh, in that first year, but I do think that New England is in a position where they don't need to win right away, right? You've got a new head coach. You've got new head coaches all over the place. Like You're going to be allotted at least a couple years, I would think, to turn this thing around. You said they have a lot of money. Maybe they spend some of that money on Kirk Cousins. Like Kirk Cousins is a free agent. He doesn't necessarily have to go back to Minnesota. So they could go out there and spend money for Kirk Cousins and he could be a New England Patriot. Um, you know, Russell Wilson's going to get cut. I'm not saying that Russell Wilson's going to be a Patriot. I'm just saying that these are you asked me what scenarios won't Justin Fields be on this team? Those are the scenarios. They draft Jaden Daniels at 3 because the other two quarterbacks are gone or they pay a quarterback because they've got money. Russell Wilson is under contract with the Broncos for the next four seasons. Yeah, I know. The next four They're seasons. They're cutting him, though. A, a potential out in 2026. Yeah. I mean, that would still be two more years from now. Okay. How much money would they have to eat to do that? A lot what, of money. What's the dead, uh, dead cap hit? The dead cap hit for this season is $85 million. Oh, my God. Next season, it's 49 who They're ag- not doing that. Who agreed to this deal? It is terrible, but because you're right. Denver was a team that immediately popped into my head, and I thought to myself, because I looked up Russell Wilson's contract, yeah. and I was like, whoa, four more years of this? That's wild. That's what? That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, first two teams that I thought of, Falcons, Patriots. The third team, the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are drafting seventh. Mm-hmm. They have Will Levis. Tannehill is no longer there. He's a free agent. So, I mean, Levis had showed some spots uh, in this past season. He was okay. Um, he's not necessarily locked in as the guy for the future. Yeah. Could you see Tennessee, if they look at the quarterback class and the quarterback class isn't as good, it's essentially the same argument that Atlanta would make because Atlanta has a young quarterback as well and Desmond Ritter. They're choosing not to if they're going after Justin Fields. Could Tennessee be in that conversation at seven 
uh, in the top 10. They could be, but I could also make the same argument that they'll go out and pay Kirk Cousins because Washington, Tennessee, and New England are also the top three teams in the uh, in cap space this offseason. So they could easily go out and pay a quarterback like Kirk Cousins. I don't think they're going to be you know, paying Russell Wilson, but they have to find a quarterback somewhere. So maybe they're the ones that pay a quarterback, or maybe they're the ones that take advantage of Drake May falling or Jaden Daniels falling out of the top three, and they're the ones that, uh, that, that do that. Maybe they end up trading back. Maybe they trade back and they take a quarterback late in the first round because you still get that first round. Uh, you still get the fifth-year option if you take a quarterback in the first round. I love the way that you answered that question because my bonus team, ready for the bonus team, the mm. bonus round here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the teams, my list of teams, I think Justin Fields could be traded to here in the offseason. And Abdal's telling me why I'm wrong on my list. <laughs> the bonus team, the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, well, the Minnesota Vikings, I don't think... The Bears would trade him to the Minnesota Vikings. But I do think there's a world where you laid out the teams that have money that want a veteran quarterback. Yes. I don't see Kirk Cousins staying in Minnesota. I think that that's that course is it's running to the end. Yeah. And I I see Minnesota as a spot where they could say we need a stopgap starting quarterback because in the top of the draft, we're picking 11th. All of the top guys are going to be off the board if we expect teams like Washington, New England, Tennessee, Atlanta, all to be looking for quarterbacks coming up in this year's draft. And then obviously Chicago at the top of the board. Could it be Minnesota? Could could Minnesota be the mystery team, the bonus team that the Bears could trade Justin Fields to? No, because what will happen is they will not be able to sign. They won't sign Kirk Cousins. And at 11... They will draft Bo Nix. And they'll, they'll, they'll take Bo Nix at 11 if he's mm-hmm. not off the board at that point, and then they'll just start over with a rookie quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, like that, that's why I think this is such an interest, interesting conversation. There are, there's like one team where it makes a lot of sense for the Bears to trade Justin Fields. Yeah, look, there are a lot of options, and I know Adam Schefter was, uh, was on with Waddle and Sylvie today and said that there's not necessarily that many teams, but you only need two or three. Right, You only need two or three teams to want your quarterback to create some form of bidding war. And that's kind of like where Mel Kuyper was a few weeks ago saying that they could get a number one because he assumed two or three teams would be interested and they would have to create a bidding war. And then how do you up your bid? You have to add more picks. And eventually someone goes, all right, fine, a first. And then you go, okay, done. Well, let's run through it. Teams that didn't make the playoffs. Cincinnati, they have a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Jacksonville, quarterback. Mm-hmm. Seattle, they've got a quarterback. Geno yep. Smith. Yep. Indianapolis. They just drafted a quarterback they last like year. They're not, they're not going after Justin Fields. Correct. Uh, so they, they have a quarterback who was injured. New Orleans. Uh, I, th- mm. I thought about New Orleans. Mm. thought about it, but is Justin Fields an upgrade over Derek Carr? No, Derek Carr has better numbers. Okay, so... Derek Carr's so got better numbers. Scratch off New Orleans. Vegas, we, we were talking yeah. about Vegas, but they have Garoppolo under contract also, for two more well, years. The Vegas reason, too, is Luke Getze just got fired from here. Yeah, like, if, I don't if you see Luke Getzey being like, nah, bring him in. If you want to believe that the two of them don't like each other, then sure. We don't. Do we know no, that no, on no, the record? I'm not saying that they don't like each other. The belief in the league is that it was not a Luke Getzey problem. It was a Justin Fields problem. So the last thing the Raiders are going to do Probably. is bring in the guy that got Luke Getzey fired. Probably. Then we get to Denver, uh, the 12th team in the NFL draft, and we were just talking about Denver. Minnesota. Mm-hmm. 
They don't know with quarterback. They don't know. The Jets have Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. The Bears at nine are likely to take a quarterback at one. Mm-hmm. Atlanta, we discussed. Tennessee, we discussed. The Giants have Daniel Jones. I don't think that that's an option. The Chargers have Herbert. Yep. The Cardinals have Murray. Yep. And then you get Bears, Washington, New England at mm-hmm. the top of the draft board. So, I mean, out of the teams that missed the playoffs, we said maybe to like two. Yeah. Two of those teams mm-hmm. who didn't make the playoffs. And then we go to the wild card losers, the teams that made the playoffs but but losers. didn't get past the, the wild card round. The Rams have a quarterback. The Dolphins have a quarterback. The Eagles have a quarterback. The Texans have a quarterback. The Cowboys have a quarterback. What about Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh could be the, the team that does it because obviously Mitch doesn't work. I don't know if Kenny Pickett's going to be able. Like they won 10 games, right? But is Kenny Pickett... Winning you more than 10 games. I don't know, but I, how much of an upgrade is Justin Fields to Kenny Pickett? It's, it's at least they said, and Mike Tomlin said, that they would be bringing in competition for Kenny Pickett. Okay, so, so Pittsburgh is possibly an option. Yes, because Pittsburgh's of the, an option. Not necessarily someone to replace Kenny Pickett, but to compete for that. Like, and Mitch isn't competing with him. Mason Rudolph's not competing with him, right? So the logical thing to do would be to trade and not draft a quarterback that high. Like, they're not drafting a quarterback in the first round because I don't think the quarterbacks are going to be worthy enough unless they, they draft, like, J.J. McCarthy and have him sit for a year and could either compete with, with, um, with Kenny Pickett and then the loser sits, right? And the other teams in the playoffs, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Houston, Buffalo, mm-hmm. no quarterbacks to be found. Detroit, Baltimore, no mm-hmm. quarterbacks. And then, obviously, the Super Bowl teams, yeah. no quarterbacks. So, I mean... When you really break it down, you're looking at Atlanta, New England, Tennessee, maybe Minnesota, and maybe Pittsburgh. That's it. Mm-hmm. Those are the only teams. Because like, like, I'm not counting Washington because I assume Washington's going to take a quarterback with the second overall pick, whoever that is. Yeah. If they figure it out with the Bears, if there's a trade, if they move up to one or whatever the case may be. There's like four teams yeah. that this would actually make sense for. That's kind of it, it. It's not a lot. Well, create a bidding war between those four teams. Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. We will preview the Super Bowl with Aaron Schatz. He's the godfather of DVOA, and he'll join us next. Black and Abdallah, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Blocking Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Let's talk Super Bowl with one of our favorites, Aaron Schatz from FTN Fantasy and also the creator of DVOA. It's a great week for football. It's Super Bowl week. Aaron, how's everything going? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm in Vegas. It's raining a little bit, but it's not like you ever go outside, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) Exactly. So the Super Bowl is set. Before we get to the matchup, of the 49ers and the Chiefs. What surprised you most throughout the playoffs this season? That the Baltimore Ravens did not run the ball against the Chiefs defense. That is the biggest surprise of all, I think. I mean, they were so good during the regular season. That team is one of the 10 best teams I've ever measured. And they just kind of laid down and died. 
in the in the AFC Championship game, and it was stunning. Yeah, Aaron, I, I agree with you. And uh, for our show throughout the weeks of the regular season, we were following along with your work on FTN Fantasy and following along with DVOA. And, and each week that would pass, you would compare the Baltimore Ravens to years past, and the database goes back to 1981. And each and every week that would pass, we would say to our listeners, hey, just a heads up, this Ravens team is on a path where they may be compared to some of the all-time great teams if they win the Super Bowl. Now, like you said, they didn't run the ball against the Chiefs, and therefore they're not playing in this game. They won't be in that conversation. It's stunning that they didn't do that. But also, can you kind of give our listeners a little insight on why they were compared to some of the all-time greats for what we saw in the regular season? Yeah, I mean, they had a couple of close losses early on. But the thing is that the best way to determine a championship team is by the way that they blow out their opponents. And the best blowout opponents are good opponents. And Baltimore just over and over again played good teams and blew them out. Miami, San Francisco, Detroit, Houston in the regular season, Houston again in the playoffs, Cleveland the first time they played, like just over and over and over again. They have these huge wins against good opponents. Baltimore had the fifth hardest schedule of the year by my numbers, and normally you do not get a number one seed in the playoffs when you have a schedule that hard. And so when you looked at that game and you saw that the Ravens were not like – it, to me, I also I had a future on the Ravens uh, from the beginning of the season, and you know it's it's something that kind of goes into this game too, because you know you looking at th- through the DVOA numbers and looking at how much better the Ravens were, you know, in the numbers than the Chiefs, and now you're looking at you know how much the 49ers are not by much, but by a lot of metrics better as a complete team than the Chiefs. But then you also have to look at it and take all the numbers out of it and just go, yeah, but Patrick Mahomes, right? right. Like there has yeah. to be a point where you're just like, yeah. But Patrick Mahomes. Now, here's the reason why I do favor the 49ers a little bit, and I do think the odds makers are right. The 49ers' offense this year was so efficient that it was better than any of the Chiefs' offenses of the last five years. Only the 2018 Chiefs' offense was better than this year's 49ers. So even if the Chiefs are, quote-unquote, back to normal, they're still not as efficient as what the 49ers were this year. Now, the defenses, I think, are roughly equivalent. Kansas City does have a small advantage uh, in the kicking game. But I think it's that, that incredible efficiency by the San Francisco offense and just how many guys they have that you have to cover them all that makes them the small favorites in this game. And Aaron, when we look at San Francisco and the offense, it's easy to get wrapped up in all the all pro players that they have on the offensive side. But then also there's a conversation around the quarterback, Brock Purdy. Is he a quarterback that's great? Is he elite? Is he a guy that's on his way? Or is he just an average quarterback with all of these star pieces around him and he just makes that thing go. What's your opinion on Brock Purdy and kind of using the numbers, knowing what San Francisco's output as far as offensive DVOA is, and then also his like standing within the National Football League? Yeah, I think the answer is somewhat uh, somewhere in between. If you look at stats that do attempt to separate a quarterback from his surroundings, you do end up with Purdy not first in the league, but somewhere between fourth and tenth. And I think that that's a good guide to how good Brock Purdy is, which is far better than his draft position, but not at the same level as Patrick Mahomes, certainly. 
but the offense as a whole is because the scheme is so good and the pass catchers and McCaffrey are so good and Trent Williams that it makes up for any deficiencies from Purdy and also the right side of the offensive line, which is a little bit of a problem for the 49ers. Looking at the other side of the ball for the 49ers, they've had to rally and come back in both of these playoff games so far. You mentioned, you know, before when they faced the Ravens, they lost 33-19. to What has been going on with this 49ers defense late in the season where, you know, obviously they had to rally and come back, but they were good in the second half, which led to the comeback. But why have they been giving up so many points lately towards the end of the season? Well, the, the, off, uh, the defense has been very meh. When you adjust for opponent, they've basically been average for five straight games, kind of consistently average, but average. And the problem is they're giving up runs, which, you know, Kansas City will run more than you expect, I think, with Isaiah Pacheco. And that is a problem for the San Francisco uh, defense that they've been kind of meh over the last few games, but they were, you know, better than that early on. I think what, one of the interesting things about this game, both defenses are much better in the fourth quarter than they are the rest of the game. They're very strong defenses when it comes to holding a lead late. So whoever's behind when we get into the fourth quarter is going to have a hard time coming back in this one. You know, one of the ways that we kind of look to gamble at this matchup and in some of the different matchups throughout the playoffs, Aaron, is when I see a defense that's really good and that team is the underdog, I'm hoping they can just keep it close. And, and like, the improvement for Kansas City's defense this season has been pretty remarkable. We're usually talking about their offense and Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey and Andy Reid, but their defense for a good portion of this season led the way for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, but it still only was seventh in the league by DVOA. They were not as good as, for example, Baltimore, Cleveland, New York Jets. And the main reason for that was very susceptible to the run. And obviously, Christian McCaffrey is perhaps the best running back in the game. And San Francisco is particularly good running the ball to the left side behind Trent Williams. And Kansas City is most susceptible to runs that go on the left side. So that is going to be a problem for them, assuming that San Francisco, you know, that Kyle Shanahan's mind is not taken over by whatever aliens took over, took over Todd Monkett's mind two weeks ago and told him not to run the ball. <laughs> Looking at the Chiefs and, the, and their offense, this year Patrick Mahomes had one of his lowest years in yards, lowest year, second lowest year in touchdowns. But again, they're still they're still in the Super Bowl. Somehow they always find a way. Patrick Mahomes has been able to always find a way. When you look into the quarterback DVOA numbers and everything you guys look at with quarterbacks, just how good is Patrick Mahomes? I mean, if you look at his peak value for his top five seasons, which would not include this year, right, which would be 2018 through last year, the only guys who are really better in their peak five seasons are – Brady and Manning and Drew Brees. But here's the difference. Those guys were that good in like years 7 through 11. Mahomes was this good in years 2 through 6. He hasn't even really hit his peak yet. Right? Like if you think about like guys' athletic ability, but then their intelligence and their knowledge of the game, peak for quarterbacks is like late 20s, early 30s. He's not there yet. He's probably going to get better than this. 
that's what's scary about Mahomes. Yeah, it absolutely is. It's also a marvel to watch and why uh, I think we're excited uh, to watch the Super Bowl and this great matchup and then also to watch the storyline of Patrick Mahomes kind of chasing the greats because of how good he's been to this point. You know, Aaron, when we talked to you before the football season started, you gave us the outlook for the Chicago Bears, and you said that they would improve, but probably not likely on offense because your quarterback takes too many sacks, and you were right. Uh, we, we couldn't argue with you, and, and in the past with Justin Fields, <laughs> it was true, but it really played out this season where the team did develop uh, throughout the season and obviously towards the end with their defense after the Montez sweat trade, but... Justin Fields takes too many sacks, and that's really why we see such low numbers in offensive DVOA with the Bears, correct? Yeah, I mean, he takes too many sacks, and he didn't scramble as much as he did the year before, right? And scrambles are very efficient plays and a big part of his game. And obviously, I mean, you've got DJ Moore, so you've got a number one receiver now. That's not the issue. But yeah, I mean, he takes too many sacks, and he just he, he has highlights. The problem is what stat analysis sees is it sees all the regular plays that go between the highlights. And Fields just isn't good enough at those regular plays. That he, didn't, he couldn't hold up the things up for the defense that got so much better over the second half of the season. I will tell you, I invented a new stat this year that measures cornerback coverage with DVOA thanks to the charting that we do at FTN. And the number one guy was Jalen Johnson. So he is really important to bring back next year. Absolutely. And I remember earlier this season, before the end of the season, when the, the defense was you know, putting up a ton of interceptions and takeaways and all that kind of stuff, you basically wrote something in the DVOA article that comes out every week, like it's time to talk about the Chicago Bears and their defense. And you know, yeah. they end in weighted DVOA, they end 11th uh, in, the, uh, in the NFL, coming all the way from the bottom, shooting up to, the, to 11th. Explain to us what has to happen, besides, essentially besides takeaways, for that number to jump up that much for this team as a whole, because we know the offense didn't make that leap. It was all defense. It's not just takeaways. It's stopping the other team from moving the chains. The Bears just improved significantly in just stopping the other team from making the cha- uh, moving the chains. Like I said, uh, Jalen Johnson was the best cornerback of the year by the new cornerback coverage DVOA, and the other guy whose name I am currently forgetting, but he's a rookie. Oh, Stevenson. Was- Tyreek Stevenson? Tyreek Stevenson yeah. was terrible, terrible in the first half of the year and great in the second half of the year, really improved in the second half of the year. So that was a big thing was the coverage improvement by Stevenson was a big part of the improvement of the Bears defense overall. And Aaron, we, we have to ask everyone because it's the number one topic that uh, we have here in <laughs> Chicago. Uh, if you had the number one pick for the Chicago Bears after what you've seen with all the DVOA stats, uh, what would you do with the number one pick? Would you take Caleb Williams? I will not say that I know which quarterback is the best one. I'm not really an expert on college quarterbacks. I have this sneaking suspicion that Drake May may be better than people give him credit for, but I would take either Caleb Williams or Drake May with the number one pick. I know some people argue for keeping field with the idea that he may be worth more on the trade market later rather than now. But I don't think you want to take number one. It's not that I'm afraid of them getting in like some kind of locker room fight where the number one pick feels like I'm not worthy because Fields is still here. Like that's not a thing. But I do think you want your number one pick to get all the number one snaps. So I probably would trade Fields, trade Fields now before the draft and get draft picks for him 
and then take the quarterback number one. There's a lot of people in the city that want the Bears to trade the number one pick and build around Justin Fields. What would you say to those people? The problem is that Justin Fields, not only has he not proven that he can be a really good quarterback in the NFL, is that his price goes up in two years. And the problem is, if he, you know, if he doesn't prove, even if he, it turns out to be an average starter, which would be a stretch given how he's played so far, you, in two years you have to pay him a bunch more money. Whereas even if Caleb Williams or Drake May turns out to be only average, you're paying them cheaply for five years. So you're picking, going into this game on Sunday, you're picking the 49ers uh, to beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Any uh, thoughts from looking at the numbers at the total in this game? I like the over a little bit, even though I do think there's going to be a lot of running in this game. I do like the over a little bit because these offenses, the San Francisco offense was so good this year, and the Kansas City offense was better than people thought. They were eighth for the regular season. They've been better than that since then. So I do like the over 47 and a half. Aaron, what can we find at FTM Fantasy as we head into the Super Bowl? What great stuff are you putting out there this week? Well, not only do you find all my DVOA stuff at ftnfantasy.com slash DVOA, the big Super Bowl preview is coming tomorrow, uh, but FTN Fantasy also has already, we have projections for the 2024 fantasy season. We have best ball rankings already for 2024. If you become a subscriber at FTN Fantasy, you also get all the DVOA split and all the DVOA going back to 1981, soon to be 1979. Oh. That's awesome. Thank you, Aaron. We appreciate it. Have a fun Super Bowl, all right? Hey, thank you very much. It's always great to be on, guys. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. It's Black and Abdallah. Follow us on the gram at Black and Abdallah and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Super Bowl 58. And here on Black and Abdallah, it's Super Week. Day two as Adam Abdallah's quest to buy soup each and every day this week for dinner and not spend over $50. We got $50 budget this year, up from $40. Last year, I spent $11.18 on a thimble of soup yesterday. You spent $18? You $11.18. $11.18 on a, a small a cup of thimble soup. thimble of soup. A small cup of from soup. From Luke's Lobster. Tiny. Right down the street here. Tiny. On Randolph. It was essentially a shot glass. It was delicious. Though. It, was it was the small. best. It was the best lobster bisque or any bisque I've ever had. Very small. Better, best bisque I've ever had. All right. So what are 4. you doing 5 tonight? 4.5 out of five. So tonight, I've never tried this kind of soup before, and I went to supposedly the best place to get it. I've never had matzo ball soup. Oh, it's good. I've never had matzo ball soup before. I went to Manny's Deli. Okay. On the south side. A little field trip. Jefferson and Roosevelt. Walk there. You walked all the way down there. Well, from I, took the tra- I took the train, and then I walked from the train. Oh, it's a far walk from uh, what was that? The uh, Roosevelt Red Line stop. I asked Danny Zetterman for obvious cultural reasons what to get in it because there's options. Okay, yeah. you can get either get noodles. Sure, you can get just the matzo ball. You can get matzo ball and noodles. He said, "Get the matzo ball and the noodles." Matzo and noodles. So that's what I did. Okay. I've got matzo ball soup here with noodles. They gave me 
like five things of crackers. The noodles look good. The noodles do look good. I've never had matzo ball soup before. Okay. This was, uh, for those keeping track at home, this was $8.74. Okay. So our total right now, $19.92. Through two days. Just under our average of $10 a day. Okay. All right, here we go. All right, he's going to try the soup. He's having soup. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. The noodles are like regular noodles, right? But the matzo ball has like the consistency of like crackers that are in there. Like it's hard. This is this matzo ball. If I eat this whole thing, yeah, this this will put me out. It'll like, put you out. Like this is a meal. This matzo ball alone is a meal. This soup is a meal. Oh, like, it look looks at how, good. Look at how big that matzo ball is. Well, I'll tell you what. After your dainty little soup you had last night. That's a better cup that you have. A better well, cup I mean, of there's soup. not, there's no lobster in this. I mean, they don't make lobster matzo ball soup. Yeah, but the small little pathetic cup that you had last night, that was bad. This is delicious. Let's put but that, that's a real cup. You have a real cup of soup tonight. This is a cup of soup. This that, is a that cup looks of soup. Nice. Now you're putting the crackers in put there. A little bit of cracker in there. More. Let's add more carbs to the mix. What's wrong with carbs? There's nothing wrong with carbs. Absolutely nothing. It, it's that's that's false. Absolutely nothing. That's anti-bread media it. nonsense. I love it. Having three different kinds in here. Yeah, it's, it this looks is delicious. Great. This is good. Matzo ball soup, very good. I'll give it one one slurp. Everybody knows the rules. Get right into the microphone there with that. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give it four. Mm, I'm gonna give it four out of five. Four, four out, out of five. five. Not as good as yesterday. Pretty good for my first matzo ball soup. Manny's Deli, Southside, St. Luke. All right. Matzo ball soup. All right, day two. Soup is in, and Abdal is under his budget at the moment. He's hoping to get uh, $10 per day. He's got three days left, and he's under 20 bucks. I know pretty good. what my last soup is going to be. Can't tell us now. I can't tell you now. No. But I'm going to need a couple more days under budget if I want to stay <laughs> okay. under budget. All right, I see what you're saying. It's it, not the it, same as last soup. year. It's not the same as last year. It was like a sixteen or seventeen dollar soup. Yeah, you splurged. But this and it's a meal. Like this soup is a meal. I've seen it. it's it's at the, it's top one or two on every soup list I looked at over the weekend when I was just sitting around looking at soup menus, <laughs> soup lists, best soups in Chicago. That's what you do in your off time. Oh, I mean, for, I mean, listen, I got to commit to the bit here. I mean, what are we doing here if I'm just walking across the street getting soups wherever they fall? Oh, it's what I've asked in years past. I, I appreciate the effort. Committing I mean, I, I thought that perhaps you might go over to Walgreens and just buy a can of soup. Just buy a can? Just <laughs> heat it up in the microwave? Yeah, just put it in, in a cup and then For the soup I up. want at the end, I might have to. I might have to. Black we'll Abdallah, uh, Super Week Day 2. Abdallah's mm. under budget. Good. $50, he says, tonight's soup is good. It's good. The matzo ball soup it's from not Manny's great. Deli in the South Loop. It's not. You know, people say you're supposed to eat matzo ball soup when you're sick. Uh, this would be. This is a good sick soup. Isn't it just soup? It's, I didn't know that it was a specific soup. I know people go chicken noodle sometimes. Yeah, it's matzo ball. Soup. Matzo ball. It's essentially chicken noodle without the chicken. Yeah, and like no, vegetable. There's no vegetables. It's just starch and. I think people though say when you're sick you should have soup. I don't. I don't know if it's a specific soup. I've heard people say get some good matzo ball soup. I want some French onion soup right now. You want a French onion? Maybe I'll do French onion tomorrow. That'd be great. That'd be great with a good piece of bread on top with the Mm. cheese melted over it. Do you want a cracker? No, I'm okay on the cracker. I don't want want one loose cracker. You could have two. 
putting your hands all You're over. You're going to have two. They're wrapped here. Black and Abdallah, Super Week as day two is in the books. <laughs> we have the song of the night. We have Luke Bryan tickets coming up, uh, so listen closely. And also, I've got to ask Abdallah about this new streaming platform. Ooh. ESPN, Fox Sports, and Warner Brothers are joining forces. What? Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. I'd like you to meet someone who's really special. It's Black and Abdallah. A real inspiration. Follow us on the gram at Black and Abdallah and at ESPN underscore Chicago. Thank you to Jay Cantu and Jack McGrath for producing tonight's show, Black and Abdallah. We'll return tomorrow night, 6.30 to 8, right here on ESPN 1000. We'll also be with Carmen and Yurko from noon to 3, right here on ESPN 1000. Adele, right now we have a pair of Luke Bryant tickets to give away. Call her 10 at 312-332-3776. And you'll win a pair of tickets August 25th, Wrigley Field. Luke Bryant, he'll be there. And tickets go on sale at 10 a.m at cubs.com slash Luke Bryant. So a pair of tickets at 312-332-3776. Call her 10 and you'll win a pair of tickets for Luke Bryant nice. at Wrigley Field on August the 25th. We'll have a pair of tickets to give away tomorrow night as oh. well in case you miss out. Uh, but call her 10 right now at 312-332-3776. August 25th, Wrigley Field. That's summer. Luke Bryant, that'll be a great night. Yeah, it will be. That's going to be fun. And the tickets go on sale Friday, 10 a.m., Cubs.com slash Luke Bryant. We have the song of the night coming up in just a moment. I do want to talk to you about this before we end the show, Abdallah. Uh, Earlier today, ESPN, Fox, and Warner Brothers Discovery announced plans to launch a sports streaming platform in the fall that will include offerings from at least 15 networks and all four major professional sports leagues. So they're all coming together. We had to start streaming all these different services to have the one-offs for everything and all the different services that we pay. Yet everyone's coming back together. So essentially, this is cable. Well, that, that's what this is. So ESPN, Fox, and Warner Brothers, who are all in competition with each other, yeah. are coming together and they're going to create a platform that will include games from the NFL, the NBA. Major League Baseball, the NHL, the WNBA, NASCAR, college sports, March Madness, golf, tennis, the World Cup. Here are the 15 networks that are, that are going to be combined oh my God. as one platform. ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN+, Plus, SEC Network, ACC Network, ESPN News, ABC, Fox, FS1, FS2, Big Ten Network, TNT, TBS, and True TV. What? Yeah, man. I, I think it's. I was reading that what it'll cost bet- more than your Netflix and more than your traditional, like not traditional. I guess it's traditional now, but more than like Hulu Live or YouTube Live, YouTube TV, YouTube TV. Yeah, which YouTube TV is what seventy bucks. Yeah. So it's going to cost more than that? But YouTube TV, you get all of this. I get there's all nothing, of that with YouTube there's TV. There's nothing in this that I don't so already have. So this is have. if I don't want this YouTube TV? This is for TV. someone who wants you know to is? ditch cable, this is I for guess? Suckers. This is for suckers. This is for suckers. Didn't we just have this conversation with Carmen Yurko about ESPN and the NBA rights? Yeah. 
The article goes on to say that the announcement of the bundle comes as ESPN and Warner Brothers Discovery are preparing to enter negotiations to renew their NBA rights, which expire at the end of next season. This is for suckers. Black Amp Doll, it's time for the song of the night. I wanna rock! Hey, turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, Larry. Tonight's song, we go to Jay Giles' band, Centerfold. It's your Song of the Night with Black and Abdallah. Listening to the Jay Giles Band, Centerfold. This song on February 6, 1982, hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Oh. It held the spot for six weeks. People were jamming out to this song for six weeks as the number one song in the country. Hey, man, it's uh, it's quite the jam, if you will. It's about... What is it about? It's about the lead singer, the song's narrator... Finding out between, or finding out that his high school crush has appeared in a centerfold spread for an unspecified men's magazine. The song's narrator is torn between conflicting feelings, his disappointment due to her loss of innocence, (laughs) and his lust until the end of the songs when he realizes, what's up? Oh, he's into it then. Yeah. He was worried for her innocence, and then he was, oh, okay, all right. Yeah. All right, now I see the spread. Yeah, it's like going to high school and then seeing the girl you went to high school with working at a Hooter. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's good money. Probably nowadays it would be OnlyFans. Good money. Yeah, exactly. It's like scrolling through OnlyFans <laughs> and being like, wait a minute. That's not your name. Four ninety nine. Hey. <laughs> Does that happen to you? No. No, no, it's not happened to me. Jake Jack? Does that happen no, to you does guys? Not. No. Does it happen? No. 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 All right. Have not been to a, a restaurant <laughs> like that and seen someone from our high school or I don't I don't scroll OnlyFans, so <laughs> but there are other ways to find out that information without being on that website. Oh yeah, there's Instagram. <laughs> right? Yes. You just jump on Instagram and be like, what are you up to these? Oh, oh all right. There's a link. Oh, oh link tree. Okay. Oh, there's a pepper next to that link. Okay. <laughs> a pepper. Spicy oh. content. There's a little pepper next to the link. Jay Giles Band Centerfold <laughs> from 
Turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, later. Congrats congrats to Chris from Lockport. He won the Luke Bryant tickets. Uh, If you missed out, we'll have tickets tomorrow night. Also, you can get the tickets at Cubs.com slash Luke Bryant. And the streaming service will be almost as expensive as YouTube Live or Hulu Live is what I was reading. Not more than that. Okay. It's still expensive. Tony Reale, just, you know, correcting it at the end. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Stat Boy. You're welcome. Thank you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Chicago's Home for Sports on FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app and ESPN 1000. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports.